Welcome in on this Friday morning where, no offense, I really would like an electric blanket. I would like a cup of tea. <laughs> you little chilly. I would like to just cuddle up on the couch and open the windows and let the breeze come through because it's absolutely a day for that. Um, happy Friday the 13th. Any superstitions going around here? Me personally? Any? No. Heck or no. Colin? Yeah. Anybody? Colin, Anybody you got anything? It? Doing that Triscadecophobia thing? No. Okay. No, we're good. I fear no I'm man. not superstitious about it, but it feels weird for me to say it. Like to say Friday the 13th when that comes out of my mouth. Yeah. Just it gives me a moment to pause. <laughs> and then I move on. Was it all those movies back in the 80s? Is that is, <laughs> no, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't, coming. Poltergeist ruined everything. I saw Poltergeist <laughs> when I was maybe, I don't know what year that movie came. I watched it. That was it 1980 in, or 81. Yeah. Okay. I was seven or eight when I saw it. And that was too young to see Poltergeist. I think I was at a friend's house. And I have hated horror movies ever since. Right. That ruined all horror movies for forever. I have to know, was there a particular scene that you remember from, from Poltergeist that you remember as being part of that? 82, by the way, wow. June 4th, 1982, later than I thought, that, that reminds you, oh, this is why that movie traumatized me. To be honest, I don't remember anything about the movie. There I were, just remember that it, 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 like I had nightmares for months after that. Oh yeah. It, well, there were two for me. Cause I was, I would have been 11. Yeah. Uh, and, and one and seeing it in the theater, by the way. Yeah. Imagine that on a screen, 40 feet wide. It's a little different. Um, oh, yeah. but, but that was one, bad enough on a little screen because I was in braces at the time, the scene where the brother's braces start attacking him and grow all over his, his face. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't put me uh, in a bad spot. And then anything to do with clowns. So the clown under the bed, <laughs> Colin's nodding. He's like, yep, that's the one. <laughs> oh, I knew where you were going oh, immediately. It's got to yeah. be terrifying. We have a story like that later. Yes, we do. To get to about a clown that's uh, terrifying residents of a town. So we'll get to that. <laughs> Text line says uh, it's bad luck to be superstitious. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> well done. Good. Um, it's just strange. I, I say Friday the 13th and I, I just sit there for yeah. a second and kind of wonder. Um, so much going on in the world today. I admittedly did not keep up on updates out of Israel last night as well as I might normally have. You were a little um, busy. But you hear it a little bit on ABC News too. Yeah. Uh, and right now what we're seeing is the... Uh, the, the possible buildup to what we had thought was coming. About 6 o'clock local time here uh, yesterday evening, there was word coming out that Israel was calling upon the UN to evacuate the northern part of the Gaza. Now, mm -hmm. we're talking about over a million people that they want gone in 24 hours as they mount some kind of an assault or go house to house looking for the people that they still haven't been able to find who they feel are involved in the incursion that took place a little more than a week ago. So what we're seeing now as a result of that is that warning came out, as we said, 6 o'clock yesterday would have been uh, 12 plus 4, uh, 16 hours ago. So we're into the last eight hours or so of that warning, and uh, there is now a mass movement of Israeli tanks near the border with Gaza, with the Gaza Strip. Uh, so outside Gaza City by, by quite a ways still, but they're moving in closer to that, uh, and that's happening at the moment. Okay, so any any sense of what will be coming today? Not really. Uh, I mean, not that other, we ever know. But. Other than, I mean, it's going to be a massive, at the very least, it's going to be a massive show of force and a probable incursion of Israeli troops into the Gaza. Okay. I was just looking for, there's a ton of video out right now of, of some of what's come out. 
this morning. So we'll keep an eye on it today, um, as as will ABC News. And again, if we hear anything, any comments being made officially, we will certainly pass that on to you. Um, so how did the game look last night on TV? Oh, well, how, how did it how did it play? on TV last night. <laughs> it was, as far as Chiefs games go, and I think we're getting a little bit spoiled because we're, <laughs> we're used to seeing them light it up and just, oh, it's really exciting, and there's touchdown after touchdown. And from that extent and the fact that Denver's offense is absolutely pathetic, it was kind of dull as football games yeah. go. But then again, any Chiefs win is going to be fun to watch because it's a Chiefs win. Yeah, um, so I went last night and it was um it was just the last time i was at a chiefs game i was in the broadcast booth this is the first time i've actually watched it not not in a press box somewhere okay yeah uh, ever and so the parking lot experience was new for me and anxiety inducing <laughs> how did that Be go um i didn't run over somebody's bag game like the person in front of me did <laughs> so I, that was a win the, the guy that tried to back into a parking space and ran over somebody's bag game whatever the part is that you throw the bag into he he destroyed that um and i got there in plenty of time no big deal um it was it was interesting just and some of you who have been to games already know this but it was you, you can't really keep track of the ball on the field from where you're sitting. So you have to watch the screens. You kind of have to watch TV yeah. to know exactly what's happening in the game. Um, I learned a lot. I'm not an expert in football by any means. In fact, the farthest for furthest from it. And so it was interesting to learn a lot more by being there in person. Somehow, I just got a better sense of what was going on. Yeah, it also helps if you're with people who do know the game and can point things out and, and seeing it from that vantage point, because I've been, you know, far up and in press boxes and things like that as well. And the thing that I've noticed is that it's almost like watching a video game from that standpoint, because you get to see what you don't see on TV. You get right. to see the formation and the role of a defense and how they're, you know, how they're stacking up to, to combat different things where you don't really get to see that on TV. Yeah, that's a really good point that you're that I'm just able to control what I see instead of what they choose for us to see. Exactly. Which taught a lot. Um, it's interesting that you say having people to ask questions of. So I was um, I was really lucky to have been invited by radio friends of mine that have a suite. So that's where I got to. That's where I got to watch the game from. It was an incredibly generous invitation. And we'll talk more about the price of going to the game here in a second. Um, so these are people I know, but not extremely well in fact dan holiday from storm report we joked that we know each other by name and voice a lot but have never met in person and he mm -hmm. was there so that was cool I, I know them yes know them well enough to ask questions no like didn't okay didn't want to do that you didn't want to be the one bugging them every play going how, right. how come they did that <laughs> right okay but yeah. it's amazing how engrossed i was i heard dana talking the other day about like the stuff that you would do alone and I admittedly, like I've so well traveled and stuff. There's so there's a lot I do alone that bothers other people. But I could see going to a game by myself. Sure. Because I was just so engrossed in it. I, I was on the edge of my seat as far up as I could be, and so really, really into it. Um, but just to get sentimental for a second, we were talking last week about like the stuff where grief hits you all of a sudden sometimes. Oh yeah. And my dad was a really big Bears fan, and he and I had never gone to a game at Soldier Field. It just we just had never done that. And he's been gone a really long time. I don't I don't have this feeling very often, but I did have the feeling of, I wish my dad had been there. Like, I wish he had been with me because he would have just loved that and appreciated that. And I could have asked him those questions. It just, it was really a weird absence to feel. Sure. 
that I was there without him. Yeah, it's funny you say that because as uh, when we were kids, our parents had season tickets uh, to the Bills games because, well, mm-hmm. we lived in Buffalo and that was kind of the law. So uh, every year, my sister and I got to pick out one game that we would go. Otherwise, it was uh-huh. mom and dad going to the games every week. But yeah, we yeah. each got to pick a game. And I remember those conversations with him. I also remember what you were talking about with not really being able to see the ball because dad always brought a pair of field glasses with him. So binoculars is what I'll bring next time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, they were good enough that you could read the, you know, the NFL and the logos on the ball and stuff. If you were looking through right before the snap, you could see all that. And and that was really invaluable in terms of my own education as far as football is concerned. But uh, yeah, I still get that little that little twinge, too, of boy, you know, this, it would be great if we could go to one more game together. Yeah. And you think about he's been gone 20 22 years or whatever it is, I think, well, if he were alive now to see all of this, like he would appreciate this even more than sure. I can, you know, just to see that he would drive here to go to games. He he would totally get into it. Now I will say two things because you had asked me this on our thread this morning because you didn't get to see it on TV. You were there right. uh, is how much time they spent with the, the whole Taylor Swift thing, because yes, she was there for, for the both of you who don't know that yet. <laughs> she mm-hmm. wasn't the game yesterday. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't as much as the last game that she attended here in town where every play they would cut to her. But I will say, I mean, just about every play that Travis did anything noteworthy, they would yeah. cut right to Taylor to get her reaction to it. The one time they didn't do that is when he was limping a little bit after a hit. And and I expected them to go to her, you know, with the <gasps> expression on her face or whatever, but they didn't do that. Yeah, the pictures that came out this morning were, at least the pictures that got the most attention, were the one where she and Brittany hugged, Brittany Mahomes. Yes. There was a hug between them when he made a really big play. And part of the reason I asked you that was because in the stadium, if I had not known from Twitter that she was there, that Taylor Swift was there, I never would have known. So the and so nobody was sitting there all game looking and pointing and going, look, there she is. Oh, and it, it, it wasn't mentioned on a screen anywhere. It Good. just wasn't, there was zero, I don't know what I expected, but you would not have known Good. in any way that she was there. And the other thing, Colin, maybe you can help with this. Do, do you know who the broadcast team was last night? Right off the top of your no. head? No, okay, okay. No, I don't know. Not, not, not the top of my Be, head. Because I'm one who regularly criticizes them. I can't stand Chris Collinsworth, but who can? I hate Tony Romo, even though there's, there seems to be this dichotomy of opinion on him as a, as a color analyst. I just have no use for the guy. He annoys me. But whoever was doing it last night was actually really good in my estimation. And uh, there was one play in particular where uh, I believe it was the interception that uh, that Mahomes threw down close to the goal line. And they explained, first of all, that he was looking for Travis Kelsey and they showed the perfect camera angle on it and then explained why, where Travis always gets open on that play he didn't and they did a fantastic job of saying normally this would happen but they didn't do that they did this and that's why Mahomes couldn't find Kelsey in the back of the end zone and I was I was stunned I was like that was actually fantastic information from an NFL color team I'm floored but yeah whoever it was uh and somebody I'm sure the text line will chime in on this in a minute high praise for them because they did I, I thought all through the game they did a really excellent job of doing the kind of, you know, not pedantic, but but uh, sort of, you know, um, fan level analysis of what was happening. It was Just, Al, it was Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. It was Kirk Herbstreet. Okay, so he was the guy who was the the color analyst in the thing. I should have known Al Michaels because uh, one of the great voices in NF, uh, NFL play by play. 
But yeah, Herb Street, boy, A plus from me. For I'm him. surprised to hear you giving praise to Kirk Herb Street. I don't know much about okay. him other than what I heard last night. But in in the job that he did last night, he did very well. It's funny now you're making me think next time if I go to another game, which I hope to at some point, um, that to keep the radio broadcast in my ear to hear the description more of what I'm seeing on the field. Oh, okay. Yeah. Would be helpful also just to get some of that color because so you, that someone's explaining it to me as we go. Sure. Cause you can get, you can still get the radios that will pick up the TV signal. Right. Um, yeah. You could listen to the analysis on our, on our sister station yeah. as well, but yeah, getting the TV stuff. Uh, what do I not know about Kirk Herbstreit? Is he a jerk? Um, he was a college football guy for a long time. And I personally, I don't like some of his, takes and opinions and i know other people don't like oh. some of his stuff as well but okay that's, that's just it's a personal thing well and that i mean whatever he writes or talks about after the game is over i yeah i have no frame of reference that could be all wet but in terms of what he was breaking down uh i thought he just did a really good job all right so speaking of the game um we'll take a break here and then i want to talk about the other thing that kind of bugged me last night about the price of going to a game and how prohibitive that was. And, and I think I've always known that, but then being there, I got a better sense of it. And it came at the time, Business Insider did a story about the cost of fun and going out is getting a lot more expensive. And it just, coincidence, it just happened at the same time. And there's a picture in this story of Taylor Swift at a Chiefs game. And it gets into how much more it costs to go to events like this. If you're having to struggle with that, I'd love to talk to you. Oh, yeah. And, and silly us, by the way. We should mention the Chiefs won the game. <laughs> oh, I think everybody knew. <laughs> Figure at this point. In case you were wondering. Yeah, 19 care, to 8, you know. I think, was the final score. But, yeah, a yeah. um, lot of field goals from the Chiefs. One touchdown scored. But it, that was plenty because, as we said before, Denver has no offense at all. So if you've struggled um, to with the cost of going out, of having fun, concerts, whatever that stuff is, give us a call, 913-586-7798. We'll get into some of these figures coming up next here on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. As we were talking about the Chiefs win, albeit messy, but win last night, um, one of the things I thought about in being at the game was I was seated. There were a lot of kids that were sitting just below um, the suite that I was in, and I was really fortunate that... I didn't have to shell out anything that I was just invited by friends that had extra extra tickets. And so, so I did the math on what it would have cost me to have gone last night. And I looked at ticket prices coming up for future games to see like what the cheapest tickets are. If you still wanted to get tickets to a game this season. Yeah. And I, I just had so much fun. Like really, I, I knew I would, I figured I would leave after the third quarter. Cause I get up so early. I didn't, I mean, I, I stayed till the last second of the game and, and didn't care that it took me an hour and a half to get home. But I just had this thought of, we have to figure out a way to make that experience cheaper or more accessible to people who cannot afford to go, especially kids, because it's ridiculous. I mean, you guys already know that if you've been to games, but I was just looking, the cheapest game I could find tickets to coming up was the Christmas Day game at $115 a piece. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's not unusual. Um, I mean, even bad teams around the league charge a lot of money for tickets and i i mean they do have the ability to adjust year over year uh, and when you're talking about the chiefs yes there's obviously going to be a premium for that but and i do this trying not to sound like the old guys when i was a kid going you know i used to buy that candy bar for a nickel but but that's the same frame of reference that i have is that i used to go to nfl football games and it was not that long ago for eight dollars and the the amount of time 
that that has passed in between and the 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 rise in prices of I mean I understand inflation exists and things mm-hmm. get more expensive but think about that I mean that's $8 a game versus $115 a game you're talking about uh what is that 15 times as expensive mm-hmm. just about yeah 14 and a half uh, times as expensive. What else has gone up 14 and a half times as expensive since then? And the answer is nothing. Yeah. If you want to go, I looked at the Bills game just because I thought of you. Those tickets, <laughs> the low end are Don't 280 a piece. Oh. Two eight for one ticket. You're not you're not parking yet. You're not getting anything to drink. And that's for one person. I get why it costs what it costs, sort of, because they're making all of their money off however many home games a year there are. But I ju- it just made me sad. Like, I just thought kids need to be able to have the same experience that I did or and that everybody did, even if they can't shell out 300 bucks a ticket yeah, for that. Because you're talking about three hours worth of entertainment. And somebody yeah. else on the text line made a great point, which is that same three hours of entertainment can run the gamut because you compare that three hours at $280 versus the three hours of entertainment with Taylor Swift for who knows how much mm-hmm. and then you go to any bar that's got live music on a on a friday night or a saturday night uh in the west bottoms or downtown kansas city and what are you going to pay well depending on who the band is 20 bucks 25 maybe 30 yeah and i mean can you really make those kinds of comparisons it, it obviously it's all going to depend on what kind of a good time you want to have and who? I mean, who the entertainment is right. and how demand, how in demand they are. But, but when I was going to see football games for eight bucks, going to see a bar band was four. Right. 913-586-7798. I, um, I bring it up in part because, again, we saw this story at a Business Insider that has me asking, are you being priced out of having fun? Because they've got stats in here. Um, the price of admission to events uh, is much higher than inflation coming in at 10.4% year over year. Sporting events are 19% higher this month compared to a year ago, 19%. Admissions to movies, theaters, and concerts are up about five and a half percent. And they even bring up, if you wanna take lessons like for tennis or guitar, that's about six and a half percent more than you would have last year. Yeah. Are you priced out of having, of having the kind of fun you used to? And really entertainment, is is where you're going to see that rise the most dramatically. Again, especially the farther back you look, the more you're going to see just that incredible upswing. Now, with concerts, especially when you're talking about uh, name acts, like acts that have been, have record contracts and things like that, although they're not really record contracts anymore, but you know what I mean. That That's where you're going to see a lot of that because nobody buys music anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they make their money on concerts, but the NFL still makes the lion's share of its money on TV rights, mm-hmm. advertising, endorsement deals, things like that, more than it does on gate. Yeah. So why is the gate price going up so much? It just uh, there's not that same. It's it's not a, an A B comparison between the two. Yeah, somebody just pointed out we have three kids. If we need a babysitter, that's eighteen to twenty bucks an hour for the night that we're going. So if you don't want to take your kids and spend the 300 bucks a ticket and you leave them at home, then you got to get the sitter instead. Yeah. By the way, for the person who just texted in and said, it's the player's salary, they keep going up. Uh, ask yourself how much the owners are making. It's not the player's salary. If you think the players are what's driving the expense of the football team, check the owner's bottom line. 
All right, we have calls coming in. Uh, we need to get to a break. Carolyn, everybody else, hang on the line here. We'll get to your calls next on KMBZ. It is costing more to have fun. Uh, it is costing more to go to concerts, it, to uh, restaurants. Those prices are up as well. Any events that you want to do, it is costing a lot more. And it does seem like sporting events, again, 20% is what they've gone up since last year. Bit of a Who jump. can afford to go? Yeah, no kidding. And where else are you seeing it? I mean, it, because leisure time is important. The, you know, these kinds of things, it's not good enough on the weekends to just shut your brain off. It's a lot easier if you can go out somewhere. But taking the kids to an aquarium or a zoo or you know, taking them to a football game or whatever, or even youth sports, I mean, that's incredibly expensive now, too. What are you noticing that's really kind of pricing you out of the market? We'll go to Carolyn in Kansas City. Hello, Carolyn. Hi, how are you today? Doing fine. What do you think? Uh, so my comment is, <laughs> you can, I mean, at least I, the last time I went to a Chiefs game was about five years ago or so. So, you know, not last year, but uh, my husband and I, we went on a day that it was like minus 40 degrees. Like it was cold. <laughs> yeah. So we bundled up, we all wore layers. Uh, there was no one there. And we paid, we ended up paying more for parking than we did for our tickets. Wow. Um, like we went on one of the, the, the secondary cell sites. We didn't buy them from, from chiefs. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got, we got our tickets that cheap and it was just, you know, all we did is put on some more layers and we got to see a football game and for two of us, plus, you know, our whole day was like a hundred bucks. So, you know, if you, if you can brave it, it's, it's, they're there. You just gotta, you know, pick your time. Yeah, you go to the games that are in low demand because, yeah, because the weather is keeping people out or whatever. And you said yeah. that was, that was how long ago, about five years ago? About five years ago, I moved. I moved to the city uh, in 2015, and it was a couple of years after that. Okay. So. All right, not bad. Yeah, it, and that's it's an excellent point about picking your shot, Carolyn. Thank you. Um, I, I think that does matter as well, and I think that's maybe shifting a lot of our leisure time activities to the things that just don't cost as much. Which makes me think, as far as kids, like free events. There are a lot of like festivals and stuff like that where you can go. And now you're, that's without eating. I mean, you still got to figure some of those logistics out um, and what you're going to spend on, on parking and things like that. But I, I guess you're looking for um, like Parent Magazine, Casey Parent Magazine has this, a lot of this kind of stuff. Just those events that come up seasonally that you can go to instead of things that are ticketed. Well, sure. Now, on the other side of that, of course, you have, and somebody brought this up on the text line, why do the NFL teams charge that much for tickets? Because we'll pay it. That's why. And, yeah. I mean, you take last night. How many empty seats did you see? We were just talking about that. Um, I bet it was 95% full. Yeah. It was very, I don't know, how, again, I don't know how it looked to you, but it was, it didn't get full till 715 because everybody had to get off work and get there sure. but it was almost full yeah and and i would be willing to bet that uh, even the seats that were empty were sold that's what i thought too i just, wondered if they were sold they just didn't show yeah it didn't show or yeah yeah couldn't get the price that they were demanding from the scalpers outside the stadium or whatever uh but yeah they, it's they, they charge it because they can and they know i mean it may keep the average guy out which mm -hmm. I, I understand the sentiment, especially, I mean, we heard this a lot about baseball about 15 years ago during the strike, um, or maybe it was more than that. <laughs> Memory fails. But, you know, people were saying at the time, the average family can't go to a game anymore. Yeah. And, I, and I get the irritation about that, but welcome to capitalism. 
They know they can sell it out. And if they sell it out, they don't care if they sell it out to rich guys or if they sell it out to the average guy. It makes no difference to them whatsoever. The only thing that makes a difference is how much did we make? So what I have heard is that if you, particularly if you have season tickets and you know you're not going to go, you can donate those tickets to any organization if you know you're in fact i think even the suite that i was in they talked about that that they they have that ability to donate them sure I, I just say to the universe we need more programs like that so that the tickets that are purchased but not being used can go to people who would use them and i'm sure there are some folks who do that but again hello capitalism you can also sell them yeah so Gosh, I, in my happy dream world, my, my fantasy land world, <laughs> what I want to be true I know. is that if you can afford to get a suite, if you can afford season tickets in a suite for an entire season, you can afford to donate those tickets that you're not going to use anyway yeah. instead of sell them. Or, you know, buy a set of season tickets and donate them. Sure, yeah. you could do that, but how many people will, especially when they know they can turn a profit on tickets? Yeah, especially because they're expensive. And so you want to, can't go, then, you know, you want your money back. Yep. Just kind of bum me out there. All right. Um, speaking of football, uh, as we go to a couple of high school stories here and parents being absolute jerks. Uh-huh. Uh, we go to St. Louis. We were, um, somebody was mad yesterday because we were picking on St. Louis too much. <laughs> you guys always pick on St. Louis. Well, <laughs> it's such an easy target, okay? It just happens. <laughs> it just does. Um, in this case, you have a youth football coach that really, again, we talked about the playing time, about the parents that get mad about the playing time. This got out of control. Is there some kind of TikTok competition that I don't know about for, let's see nationwide, who can shoot somebody for the most idiotic reason possible? How do I search that? Because <laughs> it seems on like TikTok. I mean, it seems like that's what's going on. Yeah, this this guy was a youth football. Is uh, he's not dead? He's in the hospital and he's in you know not great shape right now. But he did live through this. That this youth football coach in St. Louis was coaching his team. Now this is on the north side, uh, at, which is one of the the you know high crime areas in St. One of the high crime areas in St. Louis, <laughs> and uh, and so he's there coaching a youth football team, which he has done now for years running. And a parent came up to him who was upset. See if you can see this one coming. Sniff this one out a mile away. Because his son wasn't getting enough playing time. And shot the coach several times over playing time. Now, if I ask you, what age level do you think we're talking about for these kids that the dad would get so upset about his son not getting enough playing time that he would shoot the coach several times over it. What would you guess? Probably what, like high school age, like 15, 16, 9, and 10-year-olds. Uh, well, I, I, I do not – I get, and I look at somebody like Colin, like I look at you and go, you coach football? I mean, you don't necessarily, I assume you don't make the decisions about playing time, but you're still a part of that coaching team and you never know who they're going to get mad at. Do you wear a flak jacket? I wish I could. <laughs> I don't blame it, you. It worries me. Yeah, absolutely. It worries me hearing that these things happen. Absolutely. Um, this is seven and eight year olds. Oh, yeah. The, the, the article that I had saw is said uh, he was coaching nine and 10 year olds. But yeah, either way, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I say incredulously that that's how that's how little they are. Yeah. Um, the dad is 43 years old. I mean, we knew he was an adult, but he's 43 years old. 
Uh, the coach told police that the dad was upset with him for not starting his son um, and shot him. Was it in the chest? Is that what you said? Uh, several times. So he shot up? him okay, He yeah. shot him in the leg, the torso. Uh, I think he shot him in the arm as well. I had the entire thing in front of me just a second ago. Um, let me see if I can find Imagine it again. It doesn't tell me that. Um, yeah, it allegedly okay. upset over his son's playing time. Here we go. Shot in the back, the leg, the abdomen. And some of the bullets injured his internal organs. Critical but stable condition. Mm -hmm. Thank God, because that could have easily been a fatal situation. And it happened in front of all of these kids who are now traumatized by the fact that their coach was shot on the field. Yeah. What are you doing? And and presumably the son that this guy was afraid of not getting enough playing time was there. And saw this go down. Saw his dad shoot his coach. Now, (laughs) ironically, the name of the team is the St. Louis Bad Boys. Uh, But yeah, Lattimore, an assistant coach and defensive coordinator, uh, told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch from his hospital bed, I ran and he shot me in the back. I fell and he shot me a couple more times. Okay, let's talk about the charge here for a second given that uh, the dad was charged with first degree assault and armed criminal action. I want to know this where, not attempted murder. I, I want to know where the attempted murder charge is. That, that Especially because he shot him after he was already down yeah. or as he was running away. He How was is tr- that not attempted murder? Multiple times. Yeah. He was trying to kill him. I, yes. Um, boy, if you have thoughts, I don't even know. I don't even know what to ask, but nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. It's, how do you how do you get from I'm upset that my kid isn't playing to getting out my gun and shooting the coach? How do you get upset over playing yeah. time for little kids? Yeah. I, I, what are you afraid? The NFL scouts that are watching the youth <laughs> football game are going to pass him over because he didn't get enough playing time? Come on. How much playing time did he want him to have? <laughs> All of it. I mean, right. everybody's entitled. Everybody's, oh, how dare you? You know, uh, uh, come on. It, what if the kid isn't that good? Yeah, no kidding. Or it's, doesn't want to. It's little kids playing football. Uh, uh, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever happened to the coaches who would say, well, I'm, and I'm sure I'm not going to put this on the coach because it wasn't the coach that was the problem. But they, I mean, our coaches always said, just go out there and have a good time. You know, we'll work on all the fundamentals and we'll do the practice and we'll do all of that stuff. But just, you know, we're out here to have a good time. This isn't life and death. It's a, I played Little League Baseball and I was terrible. Uh, and they said, you know, just go out there and have fun. So we did. And then the parents ruin it. Again, I feel like that's the theme. Yeah. Oh, the, the kids have fun. That's the parents point. ruin everything. Yeah. And the, the, but see, that's the difference is the parents who were there who would scream about their kids not getting enough playing time. They were always there. But that was the point. They would scream about it and they would embarrass mm-hmm. their kids and they mm-hmm. would do all of that stuff. Nobody fired shots. <laughs> Remember when we got when we got upset about that? About yeah. the parents that were just too loud <laughs> being, in the stands. Uh-huh. Yeah, we oh. made a big deal about that way back when. We were so quaint. <laughs> All right, we can go to the phones here. CJ has called us out of Overland Park. Hey, CJ. Hey, I wanted to let you guys know I actually have a buddy who coached middle school basketball for three years, and he finally just quit. He loves the game so much, but the parents were just out of control. And, and who, again, this yeah. is middle school. 
Right, and, and, who, know, and, and, who's, and who suffers? The kids. Yes, and, you know, he wants them to learn, like, things like if you have a problem or if you want more, you know, coaching, it's the student's responsibility to come up to the coach and say, hey, what can I do to get better? Not what can I do to earn playing time. Right, right. Boy, what a great point. And I didn't even thought about that, but you're right. It's how do I improve? And that's what they were there to help us do is how do I get a little bit better? How can I see what's going on in front of me and interpret it a little bit better? But, uh, yeah, I mean, the the parents don't see it that way. If my kid doesn't play, it's a waste of time. Absolutely. If he doesn't start, oh, my gosh, into the world. He's not going to get college scholarships. No, it's only the 1% that are going to make it to the professional stage. Yeah. Other, these kids need to learn fundamentals, what it feels like to lose, how to do teamwork. But, no, parents are not seeing it that way, and he just had enough. And he loves the game, but he had enough. Yeah. Oh, I, I get it. CJ, you're absolutely right. And I, you know, and that's the thing is you figure that a guy like that is doing it not just, I mean, like Colin, not just doing it for the love of the game, although that's mm-hmm. going to be a part of it, but they're doing it for the kids. Right. They're doing it because they, they love the idea of being able to educate kids, whether it's a teacher in a classroom or a coach on a field. That's why you're out there. And the ones that have that kind of passion are leaving it because a the money sucks and b what are they going to deal with that headache for here's a text we got i'm a little league coach we always have issues with parents and playing time we always try and get everyone time but it's tough when half the kids don't pay attention and it makes it dangerous for them yep yeah you see that out in the, especially in little league they're out there just kind of dancing around looking at the sky following a butterfly whatever it is and that ball hits them in the head at 60 miles yeah. an hour if you have thoughts here, uh, feel free to call 913-586-7798. Uh, at some point here, we'll get to the story out of Blue Springs, where at a bus stop, you have parents that got into a fight at a kid's bus stop that evolved into a shooting. That's still to come here in KMBZ. All right, so speaking of parents being bad at being parents, uh, we go to the story out of Blue Springs. So this was right here. Uh, this was at a school bus stop. You have a parent of a Lee Summit student who is recovering in the hospital after there was a shooting at this bus stop. Parents and a fight. What could possibly lead parents to start fighting at a kid's bus stop? Uh, We should point out the geography here. It is in Blue Springs, but it's in the Lee Summit School District. Okay. For those who were confused, I figured somebody would mention it. (laughs) Um, And so this was, I guess it was Wednesday that this happened. Blue Springs police said... There was a group of parents who have middle school aged children who got into a fight. No, we don't know what the fight was about. It turned physical Uh and a family member of a student pulled a gun and shot a parent in the hip. Yeah, uh, there is a uh, a Jamie Jolly who was quoted as part of this article, who's one of the parents, I guess, who was not directly involved, but saw the whole thing go down. And and I mean, this is the kind of thing when you hear common sense come out of somebody's mouth in something that's so completely unthinkable. It almost seems odd in comparison. She said, I, "I it was just very upsetting. She said, uh, you should be a good role model. You shouldn't be bringing a gun to a bus stop to fight over issues your daughters have, which seems to give some kind of clue into the motive for the fight. But still, she's absolutely right. Of course you shouldn't. And somebody did.
they think 24-year-old Vatice Davis pulled the trigger. Um, let's see. Unlawful use of a weapon, armed criminal action, and stealing. I don't know what the stealing charge is about. Um, they think the victim's going to be okay. 35-year-old woman went to a hospital. Should be fine. Good. Um, so do we now need to have school security and police at school bus stops? <laughs> Not for the kids fighting. They're fine. But for the parents fighting. Yeah. Uh, boy. Why are parents at the bus stop anyway? I mean, you drop your kid off and you leave. Or you let them walk to the bus stop. I mean, these are middle school kids. So the idea that parents would show up at the bus stop in the first place is a little weird. Unless you have that one parent who just wants to make sure the kids aren't fighting with each other. Or that they're not running out into traffic because they're horsing around and roughhousing and all those other words we used to hear when we were kids. Um, and, and making sure they don't, you know, run out into the street. And if you're doing that, the idea that somebody would come up and start a fight with you is again, just insane. Which then makes me ask if there's history between these two parents. Sounds like it. Or history between the daughters and the parents decided to settle it. Yeah. And so they knew one or the other might be there. Maybe that's what they do. Maybe they hang out with their daughters while they're waiting for the school. But I could see a couple of parents, if you don't have to immediately get to work, hanging out there, especially if it's a busy street or something like that. And just kind of, if you can just kind of hanging out there and waiting, but it does make me think this was not the beginning of this. Here's the rational way that happens. Okay. Here's the rationals in my mind. And maybe you can pick this apart a little bit if I've got something a little screwy, but uh, you find out through your child that your child has a beef with somebody else that's at the bus stop with them every morning and it's getting heated and you don't want it to. And you, you know, I mean, you're going to defend your child. Okay. That's fine. If that were me, my call would be to the school to say, hey, listen, sir, uh, my kid is having problems with this one other kid. What I would like to do is have a meeting with the other kid's parent in the school, in your office, Principal Johnson. And, yeah. and can you get this, arrange this together so that we as the parents can get together and figure out a way to stop this from happening every morning because it's getting out of hand. Um. Yes, that's a good plan. And before that, Is there any harm in just trying to call the parent? I thought about that. Do they even still have parents' numbers in the school handbook? I don't know, but can you Facebook them? I mean, there's a million ways to reach people. You could could find them. And just see how that goes, because sometimes kids are horrible to each other, but we as adults are adults sometimes and can work this stuff out a little bit better. And if that doesn't work, I also can understand just wanting a mediator in the room. Right, just to es- so that it doesn't escalate. Um, yeah. And if, you, if instead of, you know, just showing up with a gun, uh, yeah, how about anything before that? Because you're right. And a lot of that has to do with the way you approach it, too. If the first thing the other parent hears from you is, if your kid ever comes near my kid again, I'm going to kick the crap right. out of him myself. That's probably not going to go real well. But if you approach the other parent and say, hey, listen, I I think our kids are having an issue here. Is there anything we can do to stop this? Because I don't want this getting out of hand. We only have two minutes left of this. We don't have enough time to talk about the issue of then knowing how to talk to people. (laughs) Like that's a question of do adults know how to communicate with each other in a way that's not just impulsive and say whatever comes to mind first thing. My guess is we know some of (laughs) us don't care. It just takes a lot. It just takes more thought. Yeah. You have to think about it more. I mean, that's that's a leadership thing. You have to think about it instead of just saying whatever comes to mind. Sure. You have to think of what the outcome of that 
and the consequence is going to be. And, and and sometimes, and see, that's where I think things like email and, and Facebook messages, tone doesn't come through in those things. So even those can be a less effective way to communicate with somebody. But as we've talked about before, for some reason, there's this line of age demarcation under which you're terrified to ever call anybody on the phone. Sometimes it's the best way to get things done. Gosh, you just make me think now we need a class somewhere along the way in school that just teaches people how to talk to each other. We had which one. seems ridiculous, <laughs> we, right? Yeah, we actually had one called conflict resolution. I took we had it in college. Um, kids need it. Little, little, little kids yeah. need to know how to do it. Like it used to just be English class, mm -hmm. but now it's a separate class of its own. Yeah. Uh, so first rule, grab the gun last. <laughs> you know, seriously, that's never the option you want to go right for. Just don't have the gun with you. I, I think that's that that would work, too. So we'll see um, again that one mom's going to be OK, but the other one's in some trouble. OK, coming up in the next hour, uh, there's a woman who did a social media purge and thought she'd get a lot more reaction to it. Talk about this coming up next here on KMBZ.